Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. This is a special edition. Today is my birthday, so I'm excited to be celebrating with everyone on air. I just came back from a lovely vacation in Orlando um, with my partner, and it was fabulous. We had, a, we had a great time, a lot of relaxation, and it's good to be back on air. I, I miss connecting with everybody. Um, being on vacation, I really wasn't online like I am usually because, you know me, I live online, so I didn't have that capability. That, um, ability to, to be online 24-7 when I was down there because we were running to theme parks and sitting by the pool and drinking some pina coladas and just enjoying ourselves uh, for once. So um, it felt good. But like I said, it, it's good to be back on the air with everyone this evening. Um, so tonight, um, I, as you can tell, am flying solo. I'm your host, Robert Brining, if I didn't introduce myself before. Um, and tonight, uh, Jeremy has the evening off to do to, uh, something that has come up um, that he is unable to control. So uh, hopefully he'll be back with us next week. I do have a special co-host who will be calling in shortly, and it is a surprise, so I wanted to surprise everybody, and I figured um, this would be a perfect person to uh, surprise you with uh, as a co-host. And I have a fabulous guest on this evening. Tonight I have Mary Bowman. Uh, I met Mary um, at the NAPA Healthy Living Summit in Dallas, Texas, um, just this April. And she performed at the talent show, and she was amazing. And she's going to come on and read some of her poetry. She has a, a book out full of um, her poems called Lotus, and she's going to come on and talk about that and, and share her story with us living with HIV. And I am really excited to have her on. She's passionate. And um, if you ever heard Mary speak her poems or her words, it is definitely touching and moving and um, inspiring, just the way that she does it, it's, it's awesome. So, again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We are here every Sunday. We do feature stories of people living with HIV, so we want to thank you all for, for joining us this evening. It's um, going to be a good show this evening once uh, we get everything flowing. If you are on Twitter, you can follow us at PauseIM. You can also tweet us your questions for Mary at PauseIM as well, and we will be able to answer them online. If you are on um, Facebook, you can find us at PauseIM Radio um, on there. So, uh, follow us, tweet us, um, you know, like us, whatever you can. We appreciate the support. If you are listening for the first time, we all also do have a social networking aspect of our website um, that we allow members to join the social networking site for support. So if you're living with HIV and finding a hard time to find support in your area, um, you can log on to pauseim.com and create a profile and join up and find people all across the globe there um, and find all information, you know, and share stories and find out, what we have in common, because a lot of us look at the differences is we live with disease. We like the you and the negative things and not focus on all the things we have in common. And you can hear stories and read stories of people of how they disclosed and who was the first person, who was the hardest. There's a lot of good things going on over there, uh, group chats that we're holding. So check it out. Um, go over there, find some support. And the, the great thing about it is it's not a dating site, so you don't have to go there and worry about being spammed by people looking to hook up because it's people who are looking for friends and looking for support. And that's what I needed, so that's why I created it. So the radio show is a part of that, so go ahead and check that out if you're looking for the first time as well. Um, once we um, bring on our special guest, I uh, do want to open the phone line, so I want to put that number out there. If you want to call in and talk to Mary at any point, uh, once we have her come on, um, you can reach us at 347-215-9442. And you can press the number one button if you want to come on air and talk to us and have a comment or question. And if you want to just listen, you can also call in that way as well. You can also find all of our past shows on iTunes, uh, and they're uh, free to download. So um, have fun with that. We have a lot of great shows. We recently had Jamar Rogers on from The Voice. He spoke about um, getting through, um, you know, and making it on the show. And then he also came back on the show a second time and spoke about his elimination. We recently had Robert Suttle come on and speak about HIV criminalization. 
which was a very powerful piece. And I advise that if you're living with HIV, that's a show that you're going to want to listen to because it's important. Um, and then we just recently had Marvelyn Brown on, the author of The Naked Truth. Um, and she was on talking about um, her story and just all the great things that she has coming up. And um, we love Marvelyn. So there's some great ones coming up also as well. Next week, we'll be speaking with Ryan Wilcox, who is a long-term survivor and an ice skater. And he's going to talk about um, always pursuing your dreams because that's something that he has um, been doing. So I find that very amazing that after fighting for so long, you're still doing things like ice skating. Could you imagine? Uh, just it's amazing that people still pursue their dreams. So I advise you, keep going. Your dreams are not infected. It, it's an amazing um, a thing to, to go and share your story. So I can't wait to have Ryan on. Because Ryan was actually one of the first members of the Pause.im social network um, when I first started it. So um, it, it's great to finally have him on. And we're going to have some other um, amazing people on. Michael Lloyd is going to be coming on sharing his story out of Orlando. So um, definitely want to check it out. So during my trip to Orlando, while I'm waiting for um, – a special guest um, co-host to call in and my, my guest, my special guest as well. Um, I want to tell you that I, I took my dad the AIDS fair with me and it was pretty cool. I took a lot of photos with dad. We went to Universal um, and one of the photos that we had done, um, you know, they have a new Bart Simpson and, you know, the Simpsons ride there. Um, it took over the Back to the Future spot. And they had, you know, Homer and Bart were there and you could take pictures with the characters. So we went over and I decided that me and Joe were going to get pictures with Bart and Homer. So we went over to get the photos, and I pulled out my dad the AIDS bear, and Bart, the guy playing Bart Simpson, or the person playing Bart Simpson, because you really don't know if it's a guy, um, actually picked up the bear and pointed to it, you know, and gave it a thumbs up that he was agreeing with that. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool, um, and that's a picture that I'm going to post up shortly. So that was cool. Another thing that we did um, in Orlando was uh, the murder mystery. It's murder mystery if you've never done it. And you're there in Orlando. I think it's a pretty cool motor mystery dinner. Uh, you know, a little who's done it, kind of like a live clue. So that's always fun uh, to do as well, I think. So some of the things that um, I was wondering, those out there, one, um, do you write poetry? Um, it's something that I do. Um, and we actually did a whole show on it um, a few years ago. Um, and I actually read poems that were submitted to me from people living with HIV. So if you um, are living with HIV and you would like to have your poem read um, on a future show, you can email it to me. Um, actually, your best bet is to probably send it to me um, at pauseim at yahoo.com. That's P-O-Z-I-A-M at yahoo.com. And uh, we'll read some of them on air. And if you don't want to be, um, you know, if you don't want it to be announced who it is, if you want to be anonymous, that's fine. We can do that as well. Um, but I think it would be really cool um, to do that. So um, it was really cool last time we did it, so it's exciting. Um, as I see, I have my special co-host with me, so please help me welcome. Oh, what special co-host? Yo, Robert. What's up, my man? What's <laughs> up, Mr. Daniel Bauer, the magic man himself? <laughs> I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. Listen, I'm just blocks away from my flat here in New York City, so I'm calling you mobile. Uh, how are you, cool. my man? Good, good. How are you? Just relaxing uh, on vacation. Uh, I know you, you're just back from vacation, right? How was it? It was it was amazing. Um, it was nice to relax and get some fun and just kind of not be, you know, all Facebook and Twitter and as I end up. Yeah, it's it's important to have that, uh, you know, that but that uh, release so you don't get that burnout uh, that burnout thing going on. <laughs> Um, so important to kind of just let go of everything. Um, I remember being on this cruise once with a bunch of friends of mine, and um, I am the worst person to disconnect. I will not leave my BlackBerry. I will not, like, I have to be connecting to my email and, you know, whatever, 24-7. And um, so we're on this cruise ship, <laughs> and my friends are like, oh, let me, let me see what you're looking at in your phone, and they literally threw my phone in the ocean <laughs> after the oh, boat had boy. left. <laughs> to, to uh, physically disconnect me from the world. So I am uh, uh, impressed that you were able to do phone? that. Oh, heck no. That's what that insurance is for. It's all right. Oh, well, as long as you have that. A couple margaritas later, I was fine. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. So what have you been up to? I know you have a lot of things coming up, uh, an announcement to make. So go ahead. 
Yeah, so it's been uh, it's been crazy here in New York City since coming back from the Healthy Living Summit. Um, I am very excited, really, really, really excited that I am uh, returning to stage uh, here in New York City, opening up my brand new show, Beyond Belief. It goes into previews on uh, Friday, uh, June 22nd and uh, June 23rd, and then I think we're looking to move it to another venue, a much larger venue. Um, but we'll see how the previews go. They love to eat you up here in New York City, so I'm a little nervous. <laughs> so when is that? You said June 22nd and 23rd? Yeah, June 22nd and June 23rd, yep. And if people and, want to um, purchase tickets to come see you, where can they go? They can go right to my website, livingpositively.com. That's positively with a Z. And uh, all the information and uh, stuff is right on my website. Well, that's cool. Um, congratulations. I'm excited for you. Yeah, I got to tell you, you know, uh, it feels really good to be alive. It feels good to be pursuing my dreams again, and it feels good to be getting tied up in the straitjackets and stuffed in big mailbags and trying to get out and <laughs> reading people's minds, you know, all that crazy stuff. And just so it feels really, story. really good. You know, I think sharing your story, I think, and, and also sharing your story the way that you're doing it. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, you're, do, you're doing it in a way that people haven't seen before yeah it's hard to mix the two you know I don't even know the words for it because every time I share my story um, I have to tell you it's really hard it's really hard you know to bring up all of that dark energy to go into all those places that I don't want to remember and then to try to take that and then choreograph it with my true passion of life where I find like all of the white energy of the world per se you know all of that really good healthy energy it was it was a really hard thing to do, and um, I have to tell you it's it's a really liberating and I'm exciting and hopefully it'll go here you know well here in New York and inspire other people living with HIV to never give up on themselves. Right, I agree. And the cool thing about it is you have um, Mr. Jeremy Dunn, who's who's your little assistant during the whole show, so that'll be fun too. Yeah, I think he's coming in early for a tutu fitting. Um, <laughs> which is very fitting for Jeremy, <laughs> right? So. so that's funny. So um, yes, uh, you know we send some love to Jeremy since he's going through some things right now. Um, and um, he'll come on and talk about whatever he wants to talk about at the time. But I do see our guest online, so I do want to bring her on. Please help me welcome the fabulous Mary Bowman. Mary, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? Good. <laughs> Mary, I'm so excited. <laughs> when Robert told me you were going to be on the show, and he texted me, and I'm like, I'm on my way home. I'm on my way home. He's like, will you co-host because Mary's going to be on the show tonight. And I, I can't tell you, I am a huge, huge, huge fan. You are awe-inspiring. Awe-inspiring. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm a huge fan of yours as well. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Cool. I'm excited to have you on, Mary. It was a blast um, meeting you in Texas and, and all that. And yes. like I said, I, as soon as I saw you, I ran to you, and I wanted you on my show. So I was just so excited that I could have you on and of all the days, you know, my birthday. And I think it, it's a great present for myself to have you on. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad I can be a part of your special day. So you, you're unique, and I love it. I love that you're unique in the way that you, 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 you use your activism. You're unique in that way, and I think it's, it's a fabulous thing, and I can't wait for you to share some of it a little bit later. But I want you to, to kind of, you know, start your story off. So you started where you want to start it at. Where does your story okay. begin for you? <laughs> um, my story begins, uh, well, I guess when I was diagnosed. Um, from what my parents say, I was diagnosed at six months old, um, and I acquired HIV from my birth mother. Um, she died January 23rd, 1992, um, with complications of with AIDS. Um, I was raised by my father and his wife. Um, and then, you know, the story just kind of unfolds from there. Right. So when, when, when were you actually told? Like when were, you said you were diagnosed at what age? Well, I was six months old when I was diagnosed, um, and I, I actually wasn't told. I actually, it's a funny story. Um, I found out by accident. 
So I went to the doctor. I was in the fourth grade. Um, I went to the doctor with my, I call her my mom, but it's the woman who raised me um, because I don't believe in calling her a stepmom because she's so much more than than that to me. Um, But I went to the doctor with my mom, um, and they were doing the triage thing, um, and the nurse had asked how long I had been HIV positive. And so my mom said, since birth. And so my wheels got turning. I was just like, what the heck is HIV? And so... Um, before, previous to this, I was I would always ask my mom why I was taking medicine, um, and she would always tell me that, you know, just something was wrong with my blood. Um, but I never really knew exactly what it was. So later on that night, I came home, asked her what HIV was, um, and she pretty much told me what it was, um, what her understanding of it was. Um, and I went to school the next, not the next day, but probably a couple of days after, and just so happened that we were talking about HIV in class. And so I stood up and told my whole class that I was HIV positive, and my teacher called my mom and told her what I had shared with the class, and my mom told me that um, I couldn't share that with people um, because I could get kicked out of school. And so that that really started um, started my journey of being aware of, you know, kind of aware of what HIV was, but I, I still didn't get a, a full grasp of what it was and an understanding until I got much older, probably around middle school to high school. Um, so wait a minute, how old were you when you stood up and said that? Around? I was in the fourth grade, so I had to be around wow. what are you, seven or eight in the fourth grade? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I. Th- I think it was because I didn't even know that there was a stigma associated with having the disease. And and mind you, you know, I'm young, and to my understanding, I got this from my mother, so it's not even my fault. Um, But I felt kind of punished um, for something that I really didn't do um, because, like, a a week or two later, like, kids, you know, stopped messing with me. Um, this one girl, um, she turned out to be a bully of mine, but this one girl, like, came to me in the cafeteria and was just like, are you HIV positive or negative? And I was just, like, put on the spot in front of, like, everybody. And and so just going through that and just always feeling like I was different just really took a toll um, on my life as a child um, and a lot of things that I dealt with back then are things that I still struggle with today. Um, so. How, how, Mary, I'm, I'm just curious, because um, um, I'm going to replay this, this interview back. There's a huge population here in New York City, particularly in the borough that I live in, of kids that were prenatally infected with HIV. And um, mm-hmm. they are actually refusing to take their meds. They're like almost self-suicidal, committing to kill themselves because they don't want to live because they hate it. Um, and, you know, they blame themselves and this whole thing. And I, I'm curious, that, um, because I find you to have so much strength and so much courage, what did you do during those younger years? Or were there coping mechanisms that you used to handle that when the kids did bully you or, or, or people were asking you questions or things that you're doing now to cope with that that helped you to get through that? Well, well, then I didn't really know about coping mechanisms. Um, I was I was raised in a family where we didn't really talk about it. Like, we talked about it, but we didn't really talk about how I really felt about it. Um, and so the feelings and, and the hurt that I had um, from the kids um, saying things about me or um, just feeling different, I didn't really deal with. I suppressed it. Um, for a long period of time, and so as a result of that, I dealt with um, depression for a long time, um, and and went through mental mental institutions and and depressive medicines and and stuff like that. But now, um, I get through it just sharing my story. Um, every time I share my story, is is it's. it's 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 a good and a bad thing because I'm always scared of what somebody might say after I share it. But after the response I get from sharing my story, people coming up to me saying, you know, you really inspired me, um, keep doing what you're doing, it just it really helps and it really makes me know that my life has purpose. Wow. Yeah, I totally um, agree with that statement. And one of the things that, God, it just totally flipped my brain. 
Oh, one of the things is you started writing poetry at eight, at eight years old, so in some aspect that would be one of your coping mechanisms, I would assume, right? Well, yeah, I started writing actually in the ninth grade. Um, so I didn't I didn't start writing because you know I grew up singing, okay. and so poetry just happened to come up on me um, in English class. My my teacher told us to do an assignment um, to write a poem, and so I wrote a poem, and then from there I kind of liked it. So. But most of my high school poems were about love, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing. <laughs> um, but um, my first uh, my first poem um, exposing my HIV status is Dandelions. Um, and that poem, I, I really don't know where it came from, honestly. I was watching... Um, Deaf Poetry Jam, and there was a young man on there, and he did a poem about dandelions, um, and it was about his mother. And so I thought about dandelions, and I thought about, um, you know, HIV um, as in HIV negative um, individuals. And so the idea just came to me, and I just started writing. Um, and so from there, that kind of sparked um, me sharing my story through my poetry. And uh-huh. it, it, you, it started out there therapeutic, um, but now it's more of helping others. And through helping others, I, I, I get help more. Like, it's for them, but it's more for me, so it's kind of selfish. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all feel that way with kind of what we do. Um, did you want to – would you be interested in reading some of your, your poems on air? Oh, sure, sure. I mean, because you, you you spoke about the, the the dandelion, so I figured if you wanted to, you could you could read that one. Okay, um, sure. You want me to do it now, or? Yeah, that's fine. You can do it now since you just spoke about what it was about. Okay. Um, here it goes. <laughs> a dandelion in the midst of rose bushes would stick out like a sore thumb to ignorant souls, but I know the road this dandelion endured. This weed that all gardeners want to destroy is more appreciated by God than any seemingly beautiful bush or roses. Though that mutely misunderstood mellow yellow dandelion won't for long last, let it be known that God gave it the role of the outcast for divine importance. My mother was a dandelion in the midst of roses. Ignorant of her purpose, she uprooted her soul and unknowingly left herself for dead. It has been said that my mother went above the influence, transmuted broken hearts, into smiles, all the while dying on the inside. AIDS didn't kill my mother. It put her at rest. Now this songbird whistles in the key of silence, and I, the latter of five, write poems documenting the struggle unknown to my family. The sickness she denied lies in my blood with the lesser value. People speak. I don't know how you can live with knowing nothing but owning the growing dis-ease that your mother for so long fought. Just the thought alone would destroy me, but see, that's the difference between a rose and a dandelion. Roses were created with thorns to warn hands approaching without caution. Dandelions weren't given that option, but they were created by an all-knowing God. And that all-knowing God created dandelions for the strength to withstand ignorance and hatred. Dandelions live in this matrix of life understanding the price. Roses live like the world was handed. Dandelions have to take the world and won't leave a rose stranded, but my mother died before she got the chance to realize that dandelions are blessings in disguise. She, I dare say, died before her time that thought lingers in my mind, conflicting with my belief in the divine. My mom raised me in the faith that the day God sweeps you away is a day proclaimed way before the manifestation, but I can't help but experience devastation, knowing nothing about the woman who carried me, toting guns in the defense of my father. It is even harder knowing nothing about her but knowing the reason the hospital has become my second home is because this dandelion chose to roam with the buffalo. But I seek serenity in the fact that she just didn't know that she a dandelion was just as beautiful as a rose and I will go forth knowing my purpose as a dandelion. This life is worth all the crying and all the dying I have to do just so someone in my shoes can live. I will gladly give myself as a sacrifice, which means that dandelions in the world become viewed as more than a consequence of sins behind closed doors. 
you can lay me on my back and present me lifeless to God if it means that dandelions with unseen scars would not be viewed as odd, but as gifts from God to show the world that beauty lies not in the petals of flowers, but in the power of unconditional love and then the strength of the untouched, unhugged, sometimes unloved, but most important of all, unbudged dandelions. There you go. Oh, that is beautiful. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. <clears throat> right there, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, sorry, a little choked up. <laughs> wow. It just Mary, you're so powerful with your words. I, I've just I've never heard anything like it. It is just that is magic to me. That is just pure magic. So much courage, so much so much inspiration. Really. I, I'm Thank you. Robert, you got to take a second because I'm a little choked up. <laughs> no, no, I totally agree. And this is exactly what you did, Mary, when you were at the talent show and you went up there because you really you choked up the whole row when you were up there, um, you know, reading your, when you read the I Know What HIV Looks Like because it just, it, it just it caught me off guard. Like I didn't know what you were going to read, like, you know, go up and read, but I just I don't know what I was expecting, but it was just, it was just so moving, the way that you presented, the way that it just comes out of your mouth and the passion. Uh, you know what I mean? Just all that that you have, it's just it's just something that I want. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I want well, that. Well, <laughs> thank you. That that experience was oh my gosh, it was so awesome. Um, because it's one thing to do that poem in front of like a crowd of like you know um, like at a poetry venue, but to do it around people who are just like you, it's it was nothing like that experience. Oh my gosh. I felt like I was just reading to my family, really. Um, it was an awesome experience. Yeah, those conferences are great. And that was my yeah. first one, too, so. Did you meet a lot of people? Like, connect with a lot yes. of people? Yes, oh, my God. Made a, made a lot of connections, Made a lot of met a lot of beautiful, beautiful people. Um, it was awesome, awesome, awesome. I just felt the sense of community and love, and and nobody was looking at anybody any certain way. Like it was just a just a com- sense of community, and it's it's rare that you find that in our communities with with people who are positive, um, because a lot of times, you know, positive people can't find circles where they can be comfortable and where they can be themselves. Um, so I just think that those those conferences are just so awesome and much needed for our community. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. So, Mary, where can where can people learn more about your poetry? And and, and I guess uh, because you had this book that was for sale at the conference, and um, I, I unfortunately have not gotten it yet, and I do need to get my hands on it. So where would someone like me go to go ahead and purchase a copy of that because of your spoken word? Because it, it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, well, my poetry, my book is not available online as of now. Um, I, I need to work on that. Um, but if you're in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, um, I usually, I'm all, I'm, a, I'm at poetry venues around the area. Um, so I do carry books on me when I perform. Um, so that, but, you know, I can send you a book, of course. <laughs> Well, what no, 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 no. Let me, let me. I want to contribute. Uh, is there a Twitter handle where people can connect with you via Twitter and follow sure, you? Sure, sure, sure. What, um, what my is Twitter, that? my my Twitter is at just Mary Bowman, J U S T M A R Y B O W M A N. Um, and I also have a website, um, www dot about dot me slash Mary Bowman. And from there, you can connect to Facebook, um, Twitter, YouTube, email. Um, I even have information about my organization on there. Um, You can uh, click the link to go view more information about my my organization um, and what we're doing. Tell us about that. Tell us about it. Um, About POET? Well, my organization. My um, the name of my organization is Poet. It stands for it's an acronym for Purpose Over Entertainment. Um, and and what I what I'm trying to do with that is promote awareness um, through personal testimony, uh, whether whether people are living with or um, 
affected by AIDS or HIV um, because I believe in the power of the testimony. Um, and so um, what we do is we host events. Like I just had a kickball game to raise money for our documentary that we're, that we're filming. Um, and the documentary is called I Know What HIV Looks Like. Um, and so we just promote um, awareness through poetry, speaking engagements, um, just, you know, just sharing our story on Facebook. Um, I have a group on there where people have conversations about AIDS and HIV. Um, and so that's that's really the gist of what we do. Oh, I think that's amazing because when I heard about the kickball thing, I saw you post that. And I was like, that sounds like fun. I would love to go do that. I haven't played kickball since, like, grade school. <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was so sore the next day. Like, my body was just like, oh, my gosh, you just ran for, like, an hour. What are you doing? <laughs> but it was so fun. It was so fun. And, you know, because I, I try to find different ways, like, creative ways to promote awareness Um because I I think that you know we have a lot of you know get tested ads and organizations which are which are great and awesome, um, but I what I'm trying to do is just something a little different than what everybody else is doing. So yeah. So I, I'm just curious, uh, um, Mary, just for you personally, um, mm-hmm. living with HIV. What are things that you're struggling with living with HIV today? What What are the things that kind of that pop into your head a lot that, that are always in your mind that you're, uh, again, I guess, struggling with? Um, I struggle with um, my mom, my, my biological mother. Um, like I said, I don't, I didn't know her. I didn't get an opportunity to meet her. So sometimes I still feel, I guess there's a, a element of blame there, Um I guess I, I said I got over it, but, you know, sometimes I still think about it and it still racks my brain and it's just like I wish, you know, at least I would have you here to answer some questions to, to, to get to know who I am from that side of my family. Um, so that's one thing that I struggle with. Um, and another thing is just feeling different, even though um, – I've gotten so many welcoming responses from what I do and just great encouragement and love and 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 people who who are awesome in my life. Um I still struggle with feeling different. Like the other day, um I did a a a, a performance for a health expo and um I went across the street to get something to eat. And so the guy saw the T-shirt I was wearing, and he said that, you know, I was with my friend. She And he asked us, where can we get, where can he get tested? Um, and so the conversation went on, and he asked me if I was going to get tested. And so I just froze. And I was just like, I didn't, at that moment, I like, I, I should have said, well, you know, I'm already positive. Um, but in that moment, I just didn't want him to look at me differently. And so I still struggle with people's perception and, and, and what, because people are still ignorant and people still um, have the same 1980s mentality, quote, unquote. Um, and so that that struggle, I struggle with that. And relationships, dating, um, I struggle with disclosure. Um, it's, it's, it's hard telling people that you're HIV positive, especially when you want them to like you. <laughs> and so it's... No, I think- I think that's something that everybody who's positive can relate to, the whole issues with disclosure and, and how hard it is right. to actually say, you know, I have HIV. Um, right. It, it's, it's a common feeling, for one. But it does yeah. get easier as, as you go, you know what I mean? It does. Um, and I'm learning a lot about who I choose to disclose to, um, what point to disclose, um, if I feel like the relationship is not going to go any further than a hello and a goodbye, then I, I don't feel necessary. I don't feel the need to disclose my status. Um, but I do believe in giving people the right to choose. I, I don't believe in leading people on, um, even though I did at one point in my life choose not to disclose to my sexual partners. Um, and so... It was a tricky situation because I would, you know, protect myself and my partner. Um, but it was just hard to tell them because, of course, nobody likes rejection. Um, 
but now I, I, I make sure that I tell everybody that I'm sleeping with because, one, I'm afraid of the law. I don't want to go to jail. And, and the, the criminaliz- criminalization laws are just it's just too much to deal with. So mm-hmm. I believe in protecting that, everybody involved. No, that's that's totally true. You know, one of the reasons we do the show here is because we, we want people to share their stories so other people who feel alone can find similarities. And I remember, you know, you – when I first laid eyes on you was when you stood up in the he said, she said breakout at the, at the conference, and you said, you know, where's the voice for the positive lesbians? Where are they at? And you know what I mean? And right. I immediately thought, you know, you're somebody that I needed to connect other people with because I knew a few. So what is that like, being HIV positive and being a lesbian? How is, is it difficult to find, you know, other people who are like you? I mean, I know I connected you with a few, but is, is it tough being a positive lesbian? Um, I guess so that's the question I want to ask. Is it tough being a positive lesbian? Um, Well, I don't want to brag, but, you know, my swag (laughs) is... Brag. (laughs) Brag, baby, brag. (laughs) But, no, in all seriousness, um, I think think it's a little bit... I would say it's a little bit easier um, to explain it to a female because, you know, the chances of... Um, just because of the statistics, it's, it's, right. it's harder for a female to transfer HIV to another female. Um, and so, you know, once we get past that point, once we get past the education point, it's, it's, it's not really that hard. Um, the toughest part is, is the disclosure. Is there, is there a lot of organizations out there for positive lesbians? Like, are there any that you can suggest to people who may be listening? Um, nope, I don't know any at this moment. Wow. Not, so not in my need. area, at least. Yeah, we need we need to find someone, an organization like that, so we can connect. You know, people alike to to, to get support. Um, I, I do want right. to open the phone lines for people to call in, um, but I also okay. want you to read a, a, another poem for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want you to read. Um, first, I want you to tell me about. I know what HIV looks like. What made you write it? And then I want you to read it for us. So those who are listening, if you want to call into the show and comment or you have a question for Mary, you can reach us at 347-215-9442 and press the number one button so we know you want to come on air. You just want to listen, just hang there. Um, so, yeah, what made you uh, write I Know What HIV Looks Like? Um, if I remember correctly, I think I was just thinking about what HIV looks like. Um, and so I, I think I just started writing a couple of a couple of lines and after I thought about it some more, it just came out. Um, but I was really, I don't i don't even really remember what actually sparked it, but I do know that I was just thinking about what it looked like. And so I wanted to share my story um, and from, you know, being born with HIV and then sharing other public figures um, who, passed away or who are living with HIV, um, just to sort of, like, put a face and, you know, bring awareness to to the fact that HIV really doesn't have one particular look. It looks like any and everybody. Um, and so that's that's really what inspired the poem. Wow. Well, let me get – hold on. Let me get my bounty roller – paper towels because the tissues aren't going to cut it for this one. <laughs> uh, oh, remember. And, all right, I got them and I'm set. So uh, I guess okay. Robert, you're ready. I'm ready. <sighs> okay. Here goes. HIV looks like a child. Birth through a bloody disease written canal into a world that would make dying seem worth your while. It looks like a child. Born with an enlarged spleen. Packaged with the inability to do things like join America's great army or be all that she could be or simply live a life of normality because the cool kids think HIV is ugly and she looks just like it, swollen lymph nodes and all, all because her mother made one false move, one high that came down too soon. Her mother was doomed to a life full of death, and so was she. It was predicted that she would breathe her last breath before five, but here she stands, five foot nine, flashing a smile that blinds eyes, trying to see her pain. Her breath carries hints 
of disdain, but she mustn't remain silent. No matter how bad it stinks, she can't allow people to go on and think that HIV only looks like skinny bodies, pale skin, open sores, and baby thin hair. She can't help but start a movement that does more than just wear red T-shirts on December 1st, no matter how much it hurts. She was cursed with this enigma, so she sets out to slay this fire-breathing stigma of HIV and pray that the world would no longer be bullies, but become fully aware that they're just jealous of the magic in Irving's HIV money and his HIV AMCs and his HIV grande lattes and whatever other HIV things he has. You see, HIV looks like a healthy man with sick paper who didn't ask for the haters. Looks like little girls in South Africa that didn't ask for the rapers. HIV looks like NWA watching Easy Leave 10 days after going to the doctor for what he believes to be asthma, HIV, looks like a boy receiving the wrong blood transfusion at 13, who would one day bring awareness to this to this thing once called the gay man's disease and lose his life at 18. Ryan White lived five years longer than expected because God wanted to show the world what HIV looks like, and it damn sure don't look like BET's name excuse for promoting awareness through 30-second commercials and interludes of videos of men telling our young women to have a baby by them after they blamed it on the alcohol wasted. These young women become consumed in their mother's basement, trapped between walls of ignorance, lying in their innocence bare naked as HIV stares them in the eyes. They don't know that they too will soon know what HIV looks like, and it looks like cocktails that don't get served during happy hour, but get served in the form of a capsule of pills to kill this disease that seeks to devour our young and leave them orphanized in the streets of Washington, D.C., and add insult to injury by telling them that dandelions don't belong in the midst of roses, takes teeth and dink teases them by dangling it underneath of their noses, but what HIV doesn't know is I've known what it looks like for years. I've cried its abandoned tears, and I've lived with the fear of dying, been found flying without wings, and been found lying in cold prayers on floor three of Children's National Medical Center, realizing that I don't own the luxury of only having colds in the winter, but opportunistic diseases left me asking Jesus, when was summer really going to begin? When was I going to be able to ride my bike? arms stretched wide, caressing the wind with the same hands used by God to compose symphonies in the key of brokenness. I know what HIV looks like. Every morning, I stare it in the eyes, realizing that even though my biological mother's memory cannot be found in my mind, I'm the only one of my siblings that carry her bloodline. I'm the only one of my siblings blessed with a life full of positivity. I know what HIV looks like, and I will continue to live my life exposing the ever-changing face of HIV and pray that the world will no longer be bullies, but become fully aware that if it only takes 32 people to die for a nation to become Hokies, then surely the death of over 25 million people will bring the world to become a sea of red ribbons so HIV will no longer look like anything but its fate. Don't misunderstand me. Knowing what HIV looks like comes to the price of my life nailed to a ruthless disease, but I'd rather die telling people what HIV looks like than to live with knowing that I haven't said a word. Wow, that is that's my favorite one. <laughs> Power, Thank powerful. you. My favorite one. Powerful. Very very powerful. Thank it's the one you. I included on the post, and a lot of people, the post that I um you know posted to promote the show, a lot of people tweeted at me and said that they were very moved by the video, and um you know where to get your book. So now that people know that if they go to a local area near you, um you know they can purchase it, and hopefully you know you'll be making the conferences and people will be able to get you, you know, who are out of the area as well. Yes, yes, I will be making that available very soon. Mary, are you going to be at the International AIDS Conference? Um, I'm trying to get a volunteer slot, so I'm working on it. But, you know, I'm in the area, so I will be around, so... Good. I'd like to give you an open invitation to choreograph that specific poem because I am I am slated as a marquee event during the week at the International AIDS Conference. My show, Beyond Belief, will be there. And um, okay. would like to give you the open inter- uh, invitation to somehow choreograph and get you to bring that poem and to recite that at some point during my show. Okay. Awesome. 
I, I think, <laughs> you know, I just think that's huge support. Us activists need to stick together, and, and we, if we can give each other an avenue where our voice can be heard, especially to an international audience, a very large international audience, which I will have the command of, I would love to share that command with you. I, I just, you awe inspire me. Awe inspire me. Really, awesome. you do. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I'm just so inspired by your show as well. Um, like I said, I think sharing your story um, mixed with magic, it just does something for people's faith and belief that they can do anything is possible. Um, you just, oh, my God, you blew my mind. You, like, knew my birth date and you didn't even know me. Like, <laughs> how did you do this? <laughs> Oh, I know a whole lot more than that, baby. <laughs> That's right. I forgot that you were on stage when that happened. You were one yes, of those Yes, I had to be a part. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> Oh, I think that's, that's awesome. So I, just to, I just want to really quick remind people, if you're on hold and you want to uh, come on air and talk to Mary, uh, press the one button or reach us here, 347-215-9442. Um, we do got some people on hold, but I'm not sure if they're just listening or not. So um, that's what, um, you know, people can do if you want to uh, come online and talk to us. So um, where are you performing next, Mary? Um, My next performance, let me grab my calendar. I set it right next to me to Remember, <laughs> um, my next performance is at Verbatim Mondays in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I don't have the address um, right in front of me, um, but if you follow me on Twitter, I'll be promoting for that event. It's hosted by Rebecca Dupaz. Um, she's a, a wonderful poet in Baltimore, um, and so that's where I'll be next. Right, and the Twitter handle is just Mary Bowman. So mm-hmm. people can um, find out if I can chat. Mary Bowman. <laughs> so so where did the where did the name of the book come, Lotus? Um, Lotus came so um one of my mentors from Children's Um Hospital, we sat down and I told her I was coming I was doing a poetry book and um I was I was asking her to help me with titles. And she said, What about Lotus? And so she explained to me what a lotus flower was. Um, and she explained to me that the lotus bud um, starts beneath, like, the swamp water. Um, and in order for it to grow and become a beautiful flower, it has to go through all the mud and, and the muck and the dirt and the grime. Um, and so that's kind of similar to what my life is. Um, I, you know, I went through a lot as a child um, and as an adolescent, and, you know, it's just pushing me to be a beautiful flower on top. And so... That's really what where the inspiration for the book came from, the book title. I think that's incredible. Um, we actually have a caller, so let's go ahead and bring on area code 256. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Darlene calling from Alabama. Hey, Darlene. Um, how you doing, Darlene? Girl? Hello. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm sitting here. This is the first time I've heard the show. I'm sitting here listening. It's so good to hear you guys. Oh, my goodness. Um, And, Mary, I just wanted to tell you um, your poems, oh, my goodness, at the conference, woo, was so good. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. um, And Daniel, awesome, also. Thank you. um, But, um, like I said, this is my first time listening to the show and um, I almost feel like I'm there with you. <laughs> you are here with us. You, you are. Yes, you are. Right. <laughs> well, I'm hugging I mean, you right now, baby. You in Alabama. Oh, how sweet. But I can relate to what Mary said, like being at the conference, you know, nobody's looking at anybody any different. Right. We're all the same. Right. It's just like family, you know. And that mm-hmm. was... Actually, my second conference I've been to, I went to the one in Florida and then to the one in Dallas. And um, I loved them. You know, I love it because where I live, um, it's very hard because it's a small town. Oh, goodness. Um, anyhow, I just wanted to kind of say thank you guys for what you're doing. And... um. They're doing an awesome job. 
Well, thanks for calling um, in, Darlene. Yeah, okay. thank you, Darlene. We, we miss thank you. you so we much. love you. <laughs> I miss you guys. Yeah. And tell Jeremy I said hi. Hey, did I miss yeah, him? So, and hopefully um, we'll see you. Are you going to the international conference? I don't guess. I was trying to get a scholarship, you know, and everything. And it's like, like I said, I'm kind of new to all this. Right. So I don't know how and where and everything. So um, as of now, well, no, I don't us, guess. Keep us posted. If you go, we would love to, to meet up and hang out. Okay, I'll do that. I'll do that. Right, sweetie, and um, you have... I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Have a all right. Yep. Yeah, take care, Darlene. You too. Right, bye bye. So, Mary, I have a, I have a quick I have a quick question for you. Um, as a, as a fellow artist, you know, when I uh, when I come home after a show, like like in, in in Dallas, and I don't know if you had the same reaction, but I, I I pour out all this emotion on stage, right? Like for you, your, your poetry. And um, I go into my hotel room, I shut the door, or in this case in New York, I'll shut my, my, my door to my apartment. And I, I, I don't know, I feel like my, my world gets lonely sometimes, and I have to figure out how to, to cope with that loneliness. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm just curious, like, with the struggles that you're dealing with, and I, I don't know if you feel all that emotional crash of the end of, like, a, a show, like, what are some things that you are doing that you can share with, with, with people that are listening uh, that help you to... Uh, to stay as courageous as you are and to stay as strong as you are? Um, the number one thing um, that helps me is is knowing how alone I felt in fourth grade and, and knowing that I don't want anybody else to feel that alone. So that is really what keeps me going. That's why I do what I do so people won't feel like they're by themselves because nobody deserves to be by themselves. Um and 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 like you said, it is. I do get alone. Like you know, when I finish performing, I go back to real life, quote unquote. Um, and I just when I'm by myself, it's just like, it's just the feeling of it's 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 an overwhelming feeling. Um, and I can't really explain it. Um, but just really focusing on the fact that it's not about me anymore. Um, it started out as, as as it about as about me, but it's no longer about me. It's it's much bigger than me now. Um, so that that's really what keeps me going. Wow. Well, I think great. what you're doing is is powerful and inspiring, and, and I mean, like I said, it even inspired me. Um, you know, when I wrote my letter to HIV, I instead did a poem instead because I felt the need to connect with writing poems again. I used to do it all the time, and it really helped me you know, get over coming out, you know, as, as, as gay and then, and then dealing with my HIV, just putting all my, I guess, my feelings on a pen and pad just really, it just really, like, kind of, like, takes the weight off your shoulders. Yeah. Mary, I remember, I, when Ro- I, I remember when Robert was watching you when you were reciting that poem, and um, he acted like such a little kid when you were done. <laughs> I got, I, I'm sorry. I gotta, I'm going to break it down for you, all right, because he was like, I've got to go meet her. I've got to meet her. I've got to meet her. That's how inspiring you were. He, I mean, literally, if, if there were diapers to be changed, they were changed. Robert, was, it was like the little kid in him just came to life. It was amazing. It was amazing the magic he oh, brought wow. to him. I could see it. <laughs> I am I'm I'm really honored and I'm really grateful. I you know, I just do what I do. I really try not to focus on like um I guess like the like when people come up to me and tell me like, you know, you're you were awesome. Like it's weird cuz like thank thank you. It's all I can say cuz I I really just don't I really am shy and really don't know what to say. Um, but I just appreciate all the love and support that, you know, people give me. It it really, really does help um in this fight. Yeah. Yeah, great words. You know what and, and you know what I was just thinking, Mary, if you are performing during the week, I know you said you're going Daniel's gonna to try to get you to do the event with him. But if you are performing that week while we're at the conference in D C I we would love to come as a group and hear you perform wherever you're at. There will awesome, be a bunch of us awesome. there, so that would be great. So if you have an event somewhere that week, let us know, or maybe you can book one so we can just come out and, and, and see you, you know, live, because I think that would be an awesome thing for others to experience. 
Okay, awesome. I will I will definitely look into that. Um and also I have uh there's the uh Smithsonian Folklife Festival coming up um in DC. Um and it's June twenty seventh through July first and then July fourth through July eighth. Um and I will be performing five days. I don't know exactly the exact dates yet. Um but they will be unfolding the AIDS quilt. And so they have me and a couple of other performers doing some poetry and, and, and sharing our stories down there as well. So if you're in the D.C. area or if you're coming to the Smithsonian Folklife Festival, please stay in touch and, and look out for the dates um, when I will be performing because I would love to meet and greet some people. And people can go to your website, about.me backslash Mary Bowman. And all your information there, your Twitter, your Facebook, it's all linked there. They can follow you for all the dates. Um, we are actually down to, like, the last five minutes, Mary. So um, okay. I want to thank you for coming on the show. You're amazing. I love the work that you do. Can you close us out with uh, one more poem, maybe one of your favorites? Hmm, my favorite. <laughs> if you didn't um, read it already. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I'll, I'll read this one. So this one came about. Um, after I moved out of my mom's house. And so I was really feeling um, really free, um, really grown, and really not a teenager anymore, even though I just moved out like last year. I was 22, so I had been not a teenager, but it just really was a uh, a freeing and, and independent type move, my first time being independent. So this is where this poem came from. Have you ever dreamed of freedom? Ever learn that legs are extensions of faith? Ever adopt a foot-front-the-other mentality? Ever become the first stone thrown in a glass house locked from within? Ever wear courage like a purple ribbon? Figure suicidal martyrdom wouldn't be easy and still decide to burst through the window of opportunity, debris brushing against the cheeks of your pride. Ever cry a happy cry with God. Share a martini with Christ. Shaken, never stirred in the midst of life's twists and turns. Ever lack melody on a Friday afternoon. Wonder why the blues neglected to visit you. Ever miss heartache in the morning and didn't bother to pick up a telephone. Ever leave home with your mind as important important as your toothbrush, ever fear pillars of salt, ever rip complacency from your chest, learn that you are worth nothing less than heaven, ever take a chance like it was retrieved from the enemy's camp, ever dance with destiny, practice PDA on a Thursday at nine, read your romance from an old journal by the people watched inside, ever sip tea with silence on a rainy night, fall in love with thunder while the moon fiddled with the light switch, ever decide to live. Ever decide love was worth the journey? Know that whenever we find it, it is going to be okay. You are an arms-raised woman, head high, chest out, ribbon across abdomen kind of man. Never allow your legs to forget their place in God. Fear is a donkey. While bearing your soul to freedom, you'll find yourself immovable amongst your peers, relying on those whose ears are bigger than the effort put forth to make it fear. Assuming no one in their right mind would still pursue camaraderie, makes an ass out of opportunity, drags it out into the middle of a street, it shows its scars, but you were made from the heart of God. You are an arms-raised woman, chest out, head high, ribbon across, abdomen kind of man. Never allow your legs to forget their place in God. That's it. Wow. Brilliant. And what was that one called again? Thank you. Um, that one was called Freedom. That's wow. That's not in the book, is it? Nope, it's not. That's a fairly new poem. See, that was a special birthday poem for you. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Fresh stuff here from Mary Bowman. You heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mary, well, thank you so much for for coming on and and sharing and and reading. Uh, You're inspiring, amazing, and I can't wait to, to hug you again. Oh, yes. I love hugs. Oh, my gosh. I think people need eight hugs a day. I heard that from a friend. So <laughs> hugs are awesome. Yeah, well, <laughs> and I, we'll I definitely... just want to say that I appreciate um, I appreciate all that you do, you and Daniel. Um, just keep fighting, and we 
let's keep fighting together. Like, that's all I can say. I'm really inspired by what you all do and really just grateful for the opportunity to share my story. Um, so thank you. Well, thank you, Mary, and you have yourself a great night. Yeah, Mary, right, enjoy you your evening. Same. Thank you so much for sharing your life with us. All right, thank you. All right, take care. Bye-bye. All right, and bye-bye. Daniel, Daniel, thank you so much for sitting in and, and filling in for Jeremy. You did a great job. Uh, you're like a pro. Robert, you know, any any day I can come on on your birthday to give you some virtual spankings and share a message of love and life, I'm here for you, my man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was awesome. So um, people can go to your website, livingpositively.com, positively with a Z, and find more information on you, your show, and all that. Um, Mary's website, you can go to about.me slash Mary Bowman for all her information. And don't forget to um, follow hashtag HIV on Twitter, um, and we'll talk about that campaign more coming up in the next couple of weeks when Kevin Maloney comes on to talk about it. Daniel, have yourself a great night, man. You too. Listen, Robert, happy, happy, happy birthday, my man. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye-bye. And you can find more information on myself and past shows at www.pazim.com. Thank you and have a great night.